friends. My name is Sean Arsenault, but you can call me Shawnee. I'm a board certified nurse coach and holistic healer, and I want to help you transform your life in a way that feels in total alignment with your heart and who you truly are. Each week, I'll be sharing with you my tips on how to become more empowered in your own wellness journey and create a vibrant, fulfilling life that reflects your values and your truth. You'll hear insightful interviews on different life and wellness topics and stories from myself and other beautiful souls who share my mission of spreading love and light in this sometimes dark world. My hope for this podcast is that you will walk away feeling inspired and more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to get curious and lean into your intuition as we all learn and grow together. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. It's Sean here, your host. I have a really exciting interview for you guys today. I'm interviewing Amanda Jacob. So Amanda is someone I had met just through networking and stuff sometime last year. Um, She's a registered nurse, a financial coach who founded Life Changes by You. She coaches tertiary nurses who are ready to assess their spending and better manage their finances so that they can eventually step away from the bedside to follow their passions. Um, She kind of helps resolve their confusion around money, overspending, dependence on debt, and poor money management once and for all. And together, you create a solid financial foundation so you're comfortable leaving that paycheck and instead monetizing your passion. So really, really excited to have you on. We're going to be talking all about financial health. What does financial health actually look like and feel like? Thank you, Amanda, for being here today. Thank you for having me, Sean. All right. Well, before we dive in, can you, I mean, I know I just gave like this pretty little intro for you, but can you give my listeners just a little background on yourself and just how this journey started for you? Absolutely. So back when I started nursing, which was about five and a half years ago, I um, I went into rural hospital nursing, which isn't always super common. And um, my husband was just graduating my first year of nursing. Um, he was graduating with his engineering degree. And we thought we had it all together. Uh, we were, you know, just living our lives. We were saving a little bit of money. We were, you know, just doing things. And it took about a year for us to kind of slap ourselves in the face and pull our heads out of the sand and realize that we weren't as good with our money that as we thought we were. You know, we were just starting to have, you know, 100K incomes together and we had just bought a house and all of that. And we just, we weren't doing the things that we wanted. And so we started our own personal finance journey. And from there, we were able to pay off $50,000 worth of debt. We saved, you know, a huge emergency fund. And then we started figuring out what our financial journey looked like after that. Cause those are the first things you hear that you're supposed to do. And so from there, it just kind of led into just this deep dive of personal finance. And from there, I realized, you know, obviously I was helping us and myself when it came to money, but I learned how much I loved diving into that and helping other people figure this out because we were gaining so much like other freedoms in our life Mm. by being able to, by 
taking control of our money and really like prioritizing that. But yeah, so then we we just kept going from there. And I started diving into the coaching realm of what that looked like, found financial coaching and just knew that that was what I needed in the moment. And that's obviously evolved from there. Mm-hmm. And I am, by time this podcast airs, I will have stepped away from the bedside myself and strictly into financial coaching because I've created that foundation for myself and my family. Oh, awesome. First of all, super, super excited to hear that you are stepping away from bedside nursing and doing what you're passionate about. I'm not like sitting here telling every nurse listening to this podcast to like leave your job, but I'm just, it's nice to like, I I always want to celebrate people who are following their passion, right? Whether you are a nurse or someone else who works in the hospital or just in general. Um, You mentioned just now that you are experiencing other freedoms that you didn't expect to experience. What, what are those freedoms? Yeah. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we've created time freedom. So we have the ability if we wanted to step away from our jobs, come back into it. I don't hate nursing. It's not why I'm stepping away. I actually love bedside nursing. um, And with all the options that we have out there now, I could always come back into it. I plan to keep my license, you know, and everything. Um, But we've created that time freedom. We have freedom in our choices. Um, Mm. So like, you know, about my life, you know, we've taken in our three nieces. Yeah. Uh, Since we talked, I actually, we've got my sister, one of my sister-in-laws and her son living with us too. Yeah. It's created, you know, just the ability to help in ways that we never thought we could. Um, so we've got freedom to kind of ebb and flow in our lives. Um, and then I think the most exciting thing for us is that we plan on retiring early, whatever that looks like for us. It started as kind of a gung ho journey to retire by time we were 40. Um, but with all of these life changes that we've been able to do, you know, it might push it back a few years. It might accelerate it with this business, but we've just got options that we never had before. You know, we don't have to wait until we're 60 to retire with a pension or retire with, you know, hopefully enough in our retirement accounts. Like we've created so many other freedoms by just taking control of our money. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I love that it's not like, because whenever people think about money, it's very like concrete. Like this is how much money you need to have in order to be free, right? Like, or this is how much Like, you know, you have to be debt free in order to really be like financially free. So I want to like talk a little bit about that. And I know that there's like different opinions out there on like what financially free or financial health actually looks like for you as a financial coach. Like what does being financially healthy actually mean? Yeah. So I wrote down a few things and I think it's like you said, there's like people think there's concrete answers, but in financial coaching, I think that there is no cookie cutter way to make it. Like it all depends on who you are, who you or what you want and, you know, what you desire out of your life, because that looks so different for so many people. Yeah. So some of the things that I came up with, um, I asked myself, I feel like, how do you know if you are financially healthy? Like, what does that look like? And so here's some of the like traits or characteristics that I thought of. So uh, you're tracking your money. Mm -hmm. You're assessing your spending. You're assessing your income. Your bills are definitely getting paid on time. Mm -hmm. 
you're living below your means. You're creating money habits that will get you where you want to be. You're setting and achieving money goals. You're tallying your debt and not creating any more debt. You're definitely starting to invest. You're getting insurances that you'll need for your personal self. And then money FOMO isn't for you. I think that one is huge. And then this last one is you don't worry about your money. Mm, so I think it was like 13 different things I came up with, but I was like, those are the things that I feel now and that I've created for myself and that other people are creating for themselves that create that financial freedom. Mm. And it's no, it's no number, it's no specific thing, but it's definitely a bunch of little things that you've got to start doing to build that consistency, to get you where you want to go. Yes. Yeah. I love how specific these things are, but also they're like not specific. You know what I mean? Like they're not like a particular hard number or, you know, whatever. They're just little, they're a combination of habits and mindsets, right? Like tracking and assessing and living below your means. Like those are all habits. And then there's like the whole FOMO and lack of worry about money. And those don't, those aren't associated with like a particular number for every single person. Like it's always different. So what are, I'm curious to know, like whenever you're coaching people, what are the ones that people get really stuck on in all of these things? You know what? I think it's really funny. I actually had a call yesterday, um, just one of my clarity sessions and somebody, I was just wrapped it up and I was like, well, what, you know, do you feel like you got what you were expecting? She goes, I was expecting to talk more about numbers. And I <laughs> I was yeah. like, I totally get that. But the root cause of the problems with money isn't numbers. If it was a money issue, then we would have everything fixed, right? Yeah. Yes. But the root cause of all of these issues is not, it's not numbers. Yeah. And so a lot of what I'm doing is walking through like those mindset shifts, looking back at your money stories, looking back at your history with money, and then figuring out how is that playing out in your life now? Mm, yeah. I I feel like that's a lot of whenever people like have issues with money or like they just can't seem to like get ahead, right? It's It's always about like some kind of story and your like relationship with money versus like the actual amount that's coming in and the amount that's going out. It's all about like the the behaviors that drive the habits and the mindsets behind those behaviors that even put them into place. So how do you usually ha- help your clients navigate through that like the mindset stuff? Yeah. So a lot of the times we start we start with the concrete. And so we start with the numbers, we do those assessments and yeah. start talk- talking about things in kind of looser terms. So we start talking about values and goals and dreams and what that looks like. And then what that looks like in those concrete numbers and how that would need to shift. And then as you know, people become more comfortable with the coaching, comfortable with me, then we dive into more of those money mindsets and then what that looks like to be able to shift that to create those behaviors, which is you know, we're starting from the beginning, creating behaviors of budgeting and tracking your money and all of that. And so you're slowly building those habits. Mm -hmm. Later on, I 
point that out to you. Like, oh, you've got this habit. Now you're looking at your budget every week. You are staying on top of it. You are creating these habits of, you know, things you used to never do, like shopping ahead of time for a vacation or mm-hmm. you know, looking for the best quality thing versus just quantity or shopping to fill some sort of feeling or need that you need and finding that elsewhere. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's so many like little intricate things about creating habits around money. And I feel like it's just so multifaceted. Like there's so many different layers beneath, beneath like just what your spending habits are. There's so many different things that can affect it. Like for you, what was your, like, what were some of the money, like mindset shifts that you had to have in your own journey? So one of the ones that I, I laugh at is I always wanted to do better than my parents, right? And yeah, I, yeah. I saw them in cycles of debt every year. They would put things on credit cards for Christmas because they thought we needed it. And so I always wanted to just be better than than that. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I found myself doing was using my credit card for you know points or travel and paying it off every month. So I was doing better because I would never leave credit card debt for longer than, you know, that month. It would always be paid off. I never paid interest. (laughs) The joke was on me because I never paid attention to my spending. So I was spending way more than I could ever think of. I mean, we were spending for a family of three at the time, we were spending like $1,500 on food. Mm -hmm. And I was going out and spending like an extra $1,000 a month on just miscellaneous bull crap that I yeah. thought was making me feel good. And so I I was thinking I was doing better, but in my own way, I was still exhibiting the same attributes just in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I had to shift that. And well, I think realization of what I was actually doing helped easily shift that mindset too. Mm. I became intentional. Yes, that awareness can really catapult that shift for hap- like to, to help that shift happen is, okay, so this is what I'm thinking on my end. Like I'm thinking if I, and this is before I started like getting really good with my money. And I also have like a very thick like money story and like a history with, you know, just watching my parents and how they handled money. So I want to talk a little bit about like how, difficult sometimes it is for people to like put those numbers down and actually like look at them. What are some of the ways that you get people to just like be totally aware of like what their current situation is before they can start making those mindset shifts? Oh, it's so to be fair, I mean, I'll have clients for the first month or two, not be fully honest about their numbers. Ah, okay. And so while people can, you know, jump in and want change and what, you know, want what I'm selling, Mm -hmm. it's still a trust factor. Like you still have to be able to trust somebody with your deep, dark money secrets Yeah, and be able to open up fully so that you can actually make those changes. And I think so building that trust in that relationship early on, Mm -hmm. and it works like I've found that it works through the those concrete factors that people think they need to make the changes. And then we just keep having conversations and everything opens up from there. And I, I have very frank conversations. I like to think of like my first 10 to 15 minutes of every coaching session is like a, 
a counseling debrief of like what's going on in your life and what that looks like monetarily, how you're doing. You know, I always love starting them with, you know, what went well, what would you have changed? You know, what did you learn from this last week or two? Yeah. So it's really developing that relationship so that people feel like they absolutely can open up. There's no judgment. There's no, I always tell everybody, like we all have our life life lessons. Like you can look back at some of my more recent um, social medias and like, I put some conversations out there and um, some of my history that I've literally not told anybody. When my husband uh, saw that I told my story about spending $10,000 in college on a fake trip that never happened, uh, he was like, literally three people in your life know about that. And you just told the internet and <laughs> yeah, but keeping that story to myself doesn't help anybody mm-hmm. because we all learn from life lessons and I'm not perfect. I never, you know, I only got my shit together, excuse me, Yeah, when I was 27. So I I'm not perfect. And I want people to know that like you can make mistakes and still make it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think that's like the big thing too, is with money, it feels so like, like time is against you, right? Like if you don't have your shit together now, like you're just never going to have it together. And I think people, and I used to be guilty of this too, of really thinking that this is just how my life is going to be. I'm just always going to be in debt. I'm always going to be like stressed out about money until I really started like take like focusing on what I could control. Right. Cause there's a lot of about like, you know, your financial situation that maybe you can't, but there's also so much that you do have control over. Love that you touched on the fact that you, you were hiding, like you hadn't told anyone that story. And then like, here you are like just kind of proclaiming it. So you could really help people. Like, why do you think it is that people don't like talking about money or like their history with money? Okay. So one of the big things that I did, um, this, Oh, it's got to be this last month and a half or so is I've really touched on like the common feelings that surround money and Mm. people, it's not happy feelings. It's not, you know, the positive things that you think it's going to be things like fear, shame, envy, stress, and overwhelm. Like those Mm -hmm. are huge factors when you say, Hey, how's your money situation? And people are like, uh, uh, like, yeah. What? Because we just don't talk about it. But I want to yeah. show you can have those feelings. Like I've had shame. I felt guilty. I've been fearful. I've literally envied people. We all feel that through like social media and stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't have to define your money journey. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. I love that. I think too, like those are all normal things to fear about it or to feel about an aspect of your life. Like, cause you think about any other aspect of your life and not just money and you feel all the same things. It's just like, there's such a, a stigma around like actually talking about it. Like even just talking about how much money you make, people are so weird about that. And I, oh, I don't know. It just like kind of annoys me. <laughs> but also like, I used to be that person who like, you know, wouldn't want to talk about how much money I made or didn't make. And, and, Um, I would be super, super conscious about like, you know, using a credit card at a restaurant instead of a a debit card. And um, so how do you typically the same? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, those are all my thoughts. And nobody's paying attention to what kind of part card I'm putting down on the on the bill. Like it, it's wild the way that our brains can just like, 
make everything much more like much more of a big deal than they actually are. Cause really money is just, it's just money. <laughs> like it it's not anything special. Tool. It is a tool. Yeah. So do you have like practical tools? Like whenever you like start working with a client and you get really real about their numbers, their, their whole story, like what are some practical tools that you use to help them navigate their journey, whatever that might look like for them? So practical tools. Yes. (laughs) Does everybody get the same thing? Right. Right. So everything that my clients get is tailored to their needs. And so while a lot of people, they get some of the same tools or, you know, whatnot, such as like debt payoff strategies. And, you know, we all go through um, like value-based spending together or goal Mm -hmm. setting, um, setting financial principles, things like that. Like those are all standard things that we eventually get to. Mm -hmm. Um, And they get their own budget, like, and we start building off of it and, Uh, I always leave the conversation with, if you, if like something's not working for you, let me know and we'll tailor it to you because sure, I've got spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets, like I'm a nerd, but at the (laughs) same time, I also am hyper aware that this might not work for everybody. And so if somebody wanted to use an app or if somebody wanted to do something else, I just say, okay, well, let me be able to see it. Let's go through it together and we will create your journey. Like whatever is most sustainable for you, that is what I provide. And so sometimes yeah. I'm in the moment and you know, somebody comes up with something that's off the wall that I haven't thought of. And I'm like, okay, like we're gonna be talking about that next week and I'm gonna have something for you. And so I literally everybody's journey can be a little bit different. And so I am just constantly there for whatever they need and building. Yeah they need. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's not like a cut and dry, like here's a spreadsheet, use it. You know what I mean? Like there's not because nobody, nobody handles money the same way. Nobody's brain thinks the same way. I mean, I've gone through probably a bajillion different types of spreadsheets before I found one that I was actually like, okay, this is working for me, you know? Um, And it's all about like visually, like what's appealing to you and like logically, how does it make sense in your head? some people they want to write it out still, and I'm like, yeah, just send me a screenshot, like right. That's- right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you talked a little bit about value based spending. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so value based spending is for me literally going through just a list of words and figuring out for yourself for the life you want, for the life you dream to live what do those values, like what values would you be embodying in that life? Mm. And we take, you know, anywhere from like three to six of those. And we just hone in on how can you, how can your money help you live that life? What can you do with your money that embodies the values you want to be living? And so I always tell people, okay, you know, we've got two weeks in between this session. So just remember your values and your goals anytime you're going to be spending your money and just filter it through those. Does yeah. it align? So are you aligning with those things and is this helping you get to where you want to be? Yeah. I love that. I think that 
And I think that if more people kind of practice that, like value-based spending, like we wouldn't be spending because you, th- <laughs> like you think, you think about the shit that people buy, like, and it's, it, it serves no purpose and it doesn't fulfill any kind of need or even like align with, yeah, with their values at all. And yet they're still spending money on it. So it's like, yeah, that, I mean, if more people practice that, I feel like we are, a lot of our problems would be solved. Um where do you find people struggle with that though? Cause like it is such a culture of like, you need like b- people think that they need certain things, but they really don't. So how, how do people go about like aligning their spending habits with their values? If they've been conditioned to not do that. Finding the root cause. So asking them, okay, so you made this purchase and like, it's starting with the feelings because that's why we do it. Right. So yeah. why, that? what were you feeling? What did it give you? Was it practical? All of that. Mm-hmm. And then if it's more of a feeling-based thing, especially a lot of our impulse purchases or whatever is like, okay, no, I was, I just got some really shit news. So yeah. I went on to my Amazon, you know, save for later. And I just got something I said I really wanted. And mm. now I got it. And then especially if it's a purchase that you made something that was more substantial in price. Mm-hmm. And after the fact, it's always good to figure out Okay, well, how long did that make you happy for? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people never think about that, right? Like, the, the there's like an instant gratification of getting something you want off of Amazon, right? But then like, realistically, how often do you actually use it? And yeah. like, how, yeah, like, how long, how long did that bring you joy? Like, what yeah. was the, what was the time frame? Yeah, one of the last things that I was um, coaching on, she, this is the conversation that we actually had, we were diving into how she got into credit card debt and and she could just remember this like vividly why she was spending, what she spent it on, how it made her feel. And I said, okay, but how long did it last? When was the next time you made a purchase that made, you know, tried to fill that void of happiness. And she said, within the week. Mm, Yeah. Like, Oh crap. (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't, when you're thinking it through, through yourself, like there are things that you cannot pull out yourself. Like you, that extra kind of, um, what is it when you're looking at something from different view (laughs) perception, yeah, different perception. Um, it, it just helps kind of tease out things that you wouldn't otherwise do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, that perspective shift too, of just looking at, how long that feeling actually lasts, right? Because then there are other, like how, then you're starting to get them to think about like what other things could you do to get you that same feeling that don't drain your bank account, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Finding different creative ways to to fill that void or figuring out why you need to fill that void in the first place. I think yeah. one of the things, you know, that comes up when you talk about things like this comes, it goes right back to shame. Like I cannot mm-hmm. believe I did that. But in that conversation, you know, we were talking about, okay, or even for myself, like I bought a brand new car cause I deserved it. Yeah. And it was a $32,000 mistake, but mm-hmm. it only took $32,000 for me to figure out my money habits and my money goals and all of that. So like my life changed after spending Uh $32,000. It wasn't more. It could have been a lot less, Yeah, you know, but 
I'm thankful for that. And that's where I, you know, I appreciate what I've done and what's happened. And then I'm able to move on from that and not let it be a burden in my past or haunt me. Like it's just mm. my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not something that defines who you are, like that one choice that you made. And I think that people, whenever they get into a lot of debt, like let's say people have like a hundred thousand dollars in debt, like there is, there's something about that that can maybe feel heavier, but it really isn't. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like the right way to phrase this, but it's not like the end of the world, right? Like there are ways to get out of it, like creative ways to get out of it. And it's just a matter of like looking at it from that perspective of like, Mm -hmm. okay, I don't want to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt, but I am like, what if, what am I going to learn from this? How am I going to shift my situation to where I can be, you know, debt free or in less debt, you know? Mm -hmm. So what has been a favorite experience of yours where you were working with a client and you really felt like you truly helped them move forward in their financial health journey, like biggest success story. So my biggest success story is not a monetary success. Mm -hmm. I am going to try not to get choked up. (laughs) Uh, One of my first clients that I ever worked with, um, she, she had all these hopes and dreams and she was with somebody and she seemed like she was living such a great life. She was building a business and I was just always impressed with her and her drive. And we took a break in coaching. We had two um, two sets of our coaching that we did, and she had taken a break in between. Uh-huh. And in there, she had left an abusive relationship, gone out on her own, and continued to make strides in her business and just personally. Yeah. And she, when we came back to coaching, she said to me that if she hadn't had been able to figure out the money portion of it because Mm -hmm. she was tied to him with the money that she wouldn't have been able to step out of that. And so that was my biggest win. Like Mm. probably will always be like, I obviously I'm a nurse and I want to help people. And like, that was a way I never thought I would be helping people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. It, and I loved that your story had nothing to do with like a monetary success. It was, it was a personal life transformation, you know, because whenever, like, I don't think I didn't realize like how much my own money story really weighed me down at the very beginning of this whole journey for me. And once I like let that go and I like had, I I developed a different relationship with it. I mean, everything else in my life changed. Um, So it just kind of, goes to show like the more holistic picture of finances and what, like, it's not just about money and numbers and like finding a way to live. It's about everything else. Like your money affects everything else. Everything else affects your money. So love that. Yeah. I can, it just, it really tells me so much when, you know, we talk about, Oh, well, what can you gain from getting control of your finances? It's less worry, less stress, confidence, pride, yeah. all of these other things in life that you don't necessarily think you would gain from just getting on a budget and getting yeah. it together. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it is all of the things that just come along with it and confidence, like all of these things. I'm just, yeah. it, it's part of the journey that you weren't expecting when you were like, I love crunching numbers and dreaming about retirement. Right. That is the best part. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like that client of yours, you said she was a business owner, right? Yeah. So, and that's a whole nother level of, that's a whole nother like up leveling as a business owner of like taking control of your money and actually having a really good relationship with it. Because then that, you know, there's a whole thing about money mindset that prevents you, that holds you back as a business owner too. Like if you haven't worked through some of those internal things, like charging people what you're actually worth and asking people for money um, to work with you. There's like this whole idea of like what that investment actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that's probably another huge part of her life that really improved after working with you too. Yeah. Yeah. Her confidence and her just ability to like, be present in a room. Like she, like I said, she always impresses me and I still go to her and talk to her and we have each other on our lives and everything. And it's so wonderful. And just, I'm so impressed with where she's taken it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to share? Like anything on your heart that we, that we haven't touched on? No, I think you touched my heart even more by asking me my my favorite story. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things to ask people too, because I always like to hear like the stories of how people have, have really changed things around with any topic that I'm talking about, not just this one, you know? So. Yeah, no, I, I just appreciate being able to come on here and, you know, for anybody who wants to listen and, you know, hopefully they take out of it just that money is more than numbers. There's much more to it. Um, and that it's, it can be fun. Even if it can be so much fun to be able to dream and start achieving your dreams. Mm -hmm. And because money touches everything, unfortunately, yeah, like it's, it's a necessary evil that we have to figure out. Even if you're not an expert, you can just be an expert in your finances. Yeah. You don't have to know everything. Right. Right. Yeah. And just like uh, what I also took away from this, this interview too, was just to like meet yourself exactly where you're at and not be judgmental about it. Cause I think a lot of people can get really caught up in like, this is what my money situation looks like. And I'm really embarrassed by it. You know, things like that. Cause I know that's, I, I've, I've been there before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think especially us talking about like, oh no, I've totally been in shame. I've totally felt guilty. Yeah. I promise you go back through January 2023 in my like post, I wrote about so many stories that I am just like, yeah, (laughs) I used to be so embarrassed about. And now it's just like, no, that's just who I am and what I did. Yeah. It's just part of the journey. It's not any, it's not any reflection of like the type of person that you are or who you are. It's just, you know, where, where you were at the time and, and it's not good or bad. It's just what was, you know? Yep. I like to call it that season of life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I like to end with this last question for all of my guests. This is called the aligned and well podcast. What does that mean for you, Amanda, to be aligned and well? I think that is such a holistic like embodiment for what I've become in the last few years of my life. Like I wow. feel so aligned one with my money. Yeah. Two with what I want out of my life and how I'm living it. Like I'm so much closer to being the person that I want to be and offering the things that I want to offer out of my life and getting to do the things that I want to do that 
being aligned started for me as money has literally transformed in every part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel well, I feel mentally, yeah. well, physically, yeah, I could do a little better, but we could all. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritually, I feel good. Relationship wise, I feel great. My relationships are amazing. My career, like we talked about, is yeah. <laughs> taking huge leaps and bought. like I'm just so excited for where everything is going and the opportunities that I get to take. And it just makes, it makes me feel so good about my life. Mm. I want that for people. That's what I want to create. Yes. Love it. Same. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, where can people check you out if they want to follow you, connect with you? Where where are you hanging out online? Um, (laughs) Bear with me. I'm like the tech not nerd. (laughs) Um, So I am on... Let's see. I've got a, a website. That's like the easiest place to find me. It's just yeah. life changes by you. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram at life changes by you. And then on Facebook, it's just Amanda Jacob. It's just my personal page right now. Perfect. Got it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for taking some time to chat with me today. I'm sure that people will get a lot out of this episode, especially because it's tax season coming up. And, you know, so there's a lot of talk about money. And and um, I'm glad that we could have this really, really awesome, like deep, deeper conversation about money, you know? Yeah. Thank you, Sean. I always appreciate talking to you. It's always a pleasure. I really, really loved this conversation with Amanda. Oh my gosh, it I've been wanting to do like a financial health episode. And she was the first person that I thought of to to bring on and talk about finances. As you could probably tell after hearing our conversation, it's not just about the numbers. It's not just about the actual money. It's about a lot deeper stuff than than just the numbers. Um, so I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Like I said earlier, all of Amanda's links will be in the show notes for you so you can go and check her out. If you want to be a part of our podcasting community, I do have a free Facebook group called the Aligned and Well Podcast Community on Facebook. That link will be in the show notes for you as well. And um, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye, everyone.